hello and welcome to the Wadfam Jackpot. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And we are here this week to talk about the Green Ring Conspiracy Part 12. It's episode 690, and uh, we're very excited. Yeah, we are. It is not penultimate, but the ultimate. <laughs> it is the ultimate episode <laughs> of this album. Yes, sir. Not of this saga. No, As sir. we will discuss towards the end of it. What, you think we could be out of here in 12 episodes? That's not how we do long arcs on this podcast. Unfortunately not. No, no. We have a 24-episode pilot to start out, and that's where we go That from. was 28, even. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I... And we threw a Christmas bonus in there. We did. We were very generous back in the day. I mean, I think we still are. We we, we, we always throw in a Christmas bonus. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, we're the most regular releasing Adventures in Odyssey fan podcast. That's got to count for something, right? Yeah, and that's what helps me sleep at Actually, night. Actually, are we the most regular releasing Adventures in Odyssey podcast? No fan? Because the uh, official mm-hmm. podcast is not... Is... It's every other week. If that. There I know you go. That they're not super regular. No. With that. Like, so... So therefore, we are we are the most regular, and that means we're the best. <laughs> yeah, that's why everyone ranks like soap operas over Breaking Bad. Yeah, exactly. It's always there. I mean, you know, <laughs> that is truly the most Mennonite thing about this. <laughs> we are very very punctual. Yeah, I mean, I try, man. He, he does way more than I do, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. Anywho. So, uh, yeah, it's it's the last one. Yeah, I mean, kind of, not really, right. but yes, yeah. it is the last one. I, I am going to, I am going to bring up the air date mm-hmm. just to kind of cap it off. Mm-hmm. We brought that up the first week. We'll bring it up the last week. This episode originally aired May twenty eighth of twenty eleven. So that's twelve weeks after the first episode. It is twelve weeks oh after the gosh. first episode. <laughs> yep, they just went back to back to back to back to back. Wow. I know, and now we Numbers. only get twelve episodes a year. Yeah, they really. We'll get into it. We'll talk about it. This this episode uh, informed me a lot about what the new era of the show is kind of like, um, and the I would say the disposition of the showrunners um, <laughs> and some of the producers. So, yeah, I. I still like Old Odyssey more. I mean, yeah. shocker to no one. Yeah, no, no, nobody's shocked. Um, it, uh, what, I've got a little bit of cast, I guess, mm-hmm. technically, which is just that we have the, uh, we have uh, Barney and Fred, which are the two people driving the train. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, that extended... <laughs> combat scene yes. over audio <laughs> yeah um we have phil lawler playing barney mm-hmm. and jess harnell playing fred mm-hmm. if you couldn't tell it was phil lawler i don't know what else to tell you <laughs> it was yeah definitely he, phil Lawler. yeah and then of course the other one was jess harnell because i mean you, you you don't have many options beyond that he's just the man with the voice and he, I would say, multiple voices all at once. Yeah. I mean, He's, that's fair. Uh, very talented. <laughs> he really is. I really wish that I could do something with my voice, but, you know, I seem to be stuck with it. I mean, I can go a little bit higher and sometimes lower, but it's, mm, yeah. Uh, I, I envy voice actors being able to manipulate their vocal cords in such intentional and uh, beneficial ways. 
Yeah. That being said, Adventures in Odyssey, please still cast us. Yes. Just just a one-off gimmick. We can mm-hmm. just do our normal voices. We'll pull a Paul McCusker. Yeah, it'll be great. We'll have a... Well, I mean, we don't need to say that much. But no. I think that it's, you know, by and large that you n- right. maybe bring up another radio station. Yeah, no, no, no. We, we want to be the spiritual successors to the Crying Ryan Dern show. Yeah, yeah. I. <sighs> hey, you can do that voice. I can do that voice. <laughs> it has been established. I, yeah, yeah. I mean... I'm prepared to I can write do up Link some Wayne that's, Yeah, you that's, can. That's my that's my one voice. And it's true to our dynamic. You cover the more analytical side of things. I mean, I I'm only hearing success here, but you know, we'll have to bring that up over lunch with yeah. uh, one of the writers, yeah, Kathy Buchanan, this time, please. Hey, if you're listening, thank to this, you. Please, <laughs> I want to talk to you. You seem like an interesting person. <laughs> yeah, you got to be interesting to work on Adventures in Odyssey, right? Yeah, uh, that's kind of all I've got off the top here. Um, written and directed by Paul McCusker. This is his last uh, la- la- last one on this album. Mm-hmm. Does he have any on the next album, or did he like take a time take time off I, after recording? This? That's actually a good question um, as to what his kind of status was going forward with the show because obviously he takes on this whole album himself. Nobody else gets a credit, which no. is bold even though like i assume they were still there breaking story and whatnot he is the one credited writer um oh no he's right back in uh 692 with a penny saved yep so, so he yeah he actually does um and the penny earned so yeah yeah one second i'm just glancing through yeah he will be he will have written Every episode, written and directed every episode we cover in this arc. Oh, beautiful. Well, that's actually really great then. I mean, I think. I don't know, unless he starts being bad at his job. But so far, that's meant good things. Yeah, we, we typically like Paul McCusker. Yeah, historically. And, well, yeah, because he, he did Novacom. That's correct. I'm remembering that correctly. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. During the time Phil was not on the show, because he was making 321 Penguins. You know, I'm probably going to recite that on, like, my deathbed. Like, I'm really <laughs> afraid that, like, my last words are going to be some random Adventures in Odyssey quote. <laughs> like, oh, man. <laughs> you seep that deeply into my subconscious that my, like, dementia-riddled raisin brain as an 80-year-old man is going to recite, you know, something from Eugene on my on my deathbed. I don't want that. It's well, Eugene. <laughs> I'm going to roll the promo. Yeah, please roll the promo. Next time on Adventures in Odyssey, the Green Ring Conspiracy comes to a climax. The old Ross compound is our current home. And one of the most dangerous schemes to strike the small town is finally unraveled. We have only one other loose end to take care of. Come on, let's get going. Don't miss the explosive conclusion to the Green Ring Conspiracy. Next time on Adventures in Odyssey. The explosive conclusion. I know, I'm really upset. They're prepping you for an explosion, which we do not get. No. There I is mean, a crash into a warehouse, yeah. but it, it sounds like the most soundboardy crash into a warehouse in existence. Yeah, pretty it's much. It's just like a bunch of like glass panes shattering. Yeah, like glass panes and just, just real loud sounds all happening all at once. I mean, Does, grand, cr- crane, trains don't crash quietly most yeah, of the time. Yeah, but also... A severe lack of train sounds in this episode.
Yeah, we could have used more, and I you would think that Odyssey would have an extensive library. Yeah. With, you know, but actually, yeah. I'm a big fan of what they ended up doing with the trains and the Barrymore track and all of that. I, it's funny. Yeah, sure. it's, it's it's a fun... It, it's a nice tie-in. I mean, considering that's how it started, you know. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I can, I can appreciate it. Yeah, it, it's it's a little too cute yeah. for me, but yeah. it's but it's okay. Odyssey's allowed to be too cute. Mm-hmm. It is for 8 to 12-year-olds. Not 7, not 13, certainly not 20 or 22. Could it be us. Girls. No. But we do seem to have a whole lot to say about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we um, do. So Too that, much. <laughs> that being said, uh, are you okay if we just jump right into the episode? Well, I just want to set one thing up. Okay, go for it. And maybe, maybe you'll have figured this out. But remember, beginning of this arc, or when we announced this arc, I was like, and there is a quote in the Green Ring Conspiracy that I think about every day of my life. Is that in this episode? It is in this episode. Every day of your life? Not quite. But there is a moment later on in this episode, I'll mm-hmm. call it out when we get to it, um, that I think of so frequently and have never gotten to talk to anybody about. Is it the who is that masked man line? No. Although oh. that one, good line. That's stuck in there. Anyways. Let's. Uh, I should. I maybe should have held off on bringing that up, but just, oh, just no, planning no, no. it in the yeah. back of your mind, yeah. folks. Yeah. Um, For the chalk squad. This is this is the big one, and I couldn't remember where in the saga it happened because the saga is all just kind of one day. Yeah. But I knew it was coming. It's ooh, and well, it finally did. I'm waiting with bated breath. There's bait on my breath. Ew. Yeah. It's not tasty. No. I. I'm glad I'm not in smelling distance from you. <sighs> Or am I, Chalk Squad? You'll never know. <laughs> We're the same person running back together, back and forth really fast. Is this virtual? Is this in person? Are we recording entirely different universes? I, I No, I really lost Timelines, perhaps. Timelines would have been funnier. Yeah. Did, did I record half of this and then send it to Andrew to record <laughs> the other half? You'll never know. <laughs> that's a terrible... Well, no, that's a terrible idea for a podcast. <laughs> I think this should be the new season of the Andrew Sabo podcast. I just record something and then record myself talking about something I previously said. <laughs> no, you you record half a podcast and then send it to somebody else and have them reply record to the it. other half. All right, so the episode begins with Detective Pullhouse because he's he's freaking out because the money is not in the back of the trucks. Right. And you get him basically picking up the phone, walkie-talkie, whatever, just being like, "What? There's no, you know, s- search everything, disassemble all of the equipment, like the money has got to be in there. It's uh it's not there and it's not at the compound." Yep. Um and th- this is a thing that was set up cuz I was so this is the episode I was editing last night peeking behind the curtains, but this is a exchange or this this whole bit was set up in when jason met with um archie Mm -hmm. and it wasn't in the loop and Mm -hmm. archie was and but archie's goon let it slip that they weren't going to use the trucks yeah and then last episode we got it a little bit when trask said the thing to you know when connie and Mm -hmm. wooten and all of those people were down in the bunker he kind of made reference to like it also not being the trucks and mm-hmm. so here we get the payoff of of that and we also get the payoff of pole house's overconfidence yeah we do we do love it we <laughs> i mean 
I don't know that we love it because it's set up so painfully obvious, but it's uh, it's definitely once enjoyable. again eight to fourteen. Eight to fourteen. Not eight, not the eight target. to twelve. Eight to twelve. It's eight to twelve, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Wow, not even fourteen. Yeah, Man, we're, we're so a four-year demographic. Yeah, that's. I mean, talk about a target audience. That's. Poof. Yeah. yeah, that's gotta be fun for advertising. Yeah, seriously. Well, actually, it must be incredibly easy because it's like pretty much as unoffensive as it can be in that it takes place in a fictional fictional world with no murder and no foul language. So as there's as definitely you... murder on this show. What oh, are you that's, talking that's about, true. Andrew? Okay, there's no... So many people, people die. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah, remember Blackard and... Oh my gosh, yeah. But what are the... Like the... The, the Paul McCusker interrupts the beginning of the episode to give a warning Mm -hmm. what is the age limit he usually sets (laughs) under is it under 10 like do they i think it might i think it might be the demographic in half for those yeah i yeah we don't recommend it for listeners under it's maybe 10 or it might be something that's one syllable it it might be not 11 it's no i know for sure it's not 11 I don't think it's 12 because that would eliminate their entire target audience. <laughs> um, yeah. This so arc, though, no murder. And I no. do genuinely wonder if this was a choice. And we'll have to track it through the upcoming ones. But if this was a choice for the reboot, mm-hmm. if they intentionally geared it to a younger audience i feel like the age of the audience kept creeping up over the years Mm -hmm. especially when you like kept jimmy around through puberty and like Mm -hmm. you dealt with all that yeah then clearly you're dealing with older kids Mm -hmm. and i wonder if part of like the 8 to 12 thing was them refocusing it after album 50 and going like what if this was like intentionally just a show for kids Mm -hmm. just a show for kids just for that pre those preteen years right um you know where they're like developed enough like you know mentally to be able to comprehend complex story lines and characters and stuff like that um but you know not quite at that tv 14 threshold of like murder and stuff like that that's happening and yeah yeah it'll be interesting to as we continue to track and Mm -hmm. like i would argue that there's stuff in the the maury or that yeah in the maury stuff that is Mm -hmm. traumatic oh yeah but yeah uh not murder no 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 and they certainly don't portray it as though they want the audience to know that it's traumatic. Right. So right. that's fine. So yeah, so I meant now, like I hadn't really thought about it prior, but I'm kind of selling myself more and more on they intentionally, like when, with the reboot. Yeah. We're like, what if what if we didn't like have murder? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't realize Which then that would they... make sense that this one, the villain is just like money. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's greed. Yeah. It's not like an evil person with, bad intentions it's just like people wanting to get rich yeah nobody's mind controlling anybody it's just there's a ton of fake money in odyssey and we've got to figure out how it got there and where it's going yeah no one is a computer virus trying to steal a girl's soul yeah wow yeah they did do that they did do that and we did talk about it on this show wow yeah no i kind of miss it 
I mean, they could stand to be a little edgier. Yeah. I, I don't know. Honestly, it might be part of the reason why I don't connect as much to New Odyssey is that mm. it's not as... It's geared more intentionally, mm-hmm. whereas it's... <laughs> so you know how, like, kind of the point of Rydell as we understand it today is, like the world has too many guardrails for kids these days and we just need to remove them and let them be kids. Yeah. I think that's what old Odyssey did and not what new Odyssey does. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Wow, that is a very, that is a strong take. That is a hot take. Like, I need to back back the heck up because, wow. Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree. Well, and I mean, I always thought that the thing that Odyssey did so well was that they didn't shy away from aggressive situations but they had comforting characters that would explain it in ways that kids could understand and so they would do cool things and have cool stories being told with you know children as somewhat surrogates for their target demographic but they had these comforting adult figures that could you know explain things and make them more approachable yeah um and i think maybe pacifying the topics and and what you're allowing characters to feel and say and express and you know, what kind of stories you're allowing. I don't yeah. know. It's, and a it's, little, it's a little unfortunate. Right, but it's not as though, like, it's not as though these episodes are fully sanitized by any means. No, no, Like, no, no, we no. definitely, we have... <laughs> We've we covered have, it. We have guns. Mm-hmm. We have, I mean, all of the nonsense, Maury stuff. But, like, I mean, yeah. even in just this arc, like, guns are pulled on people. Mm-hmm. You know, there is, there are stakes. Yeah. But that like we're gonna shy away from like trauma and murder which probably a good play Mm -hmm. but is maybe part of the reason these episodes don't connect quite as much for me yeah well and honestly i think for me now upon recollection i think it's more characters than anything i think just losing jack losing Mm -hmm. tom losing those like really great uh you know previous generation odyssey characters I think it just, it, yeah. it would be like if, you know, Homer randomly stopped showing up on The Simpsons. Right. Where you're just like, I mean, yeah, the, so the show exists without Homer, and, like, they've built The Simpsons to exist without Homer, but, like, also, okay, wow, like, how, you know, a part of this is missing, and it's going to be a different show. And Homer's yeah. a bad example because no. he's the main character. Right, but, but like, know. but, yeah, of course, but there is the, like... Part of, I, I think it's not just the, not just a sanitization of like, you know, reducing trauma and murder, but also like, I don't know. Are there episodes these days that are just adult characters interacting? Like, I, I don't know what the, mm-hmm. what the Penny and Wooten stuff is like. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like they are. But they are so childish. Like, mm. I don't know if we could get, like... Or, yeah, and maybe we could. But, like, all... Like, the Eugene Returns arc. Mm-hmm. Where it is just a bunch of adult characters mm-hmm. interacting. And there is not a child in sight. Yeah. Great arc. Absolutely or, amazing. Or, like, a lot of the Connie and Mitch stuff. Where it's mm-hmm. like, Connie is still young. But they are not having, like, kid issues Mm -hmm. like her not marrying mitch Mm -hmm. in that two-part finale is all extremely adult Mm -hmm. 
characters. I mean, it's explained it away with it. I think kids can totally engage with it, but mm-hmm. they're not going to relate to it. Yeah, yeah. it's not At least not in that 8 to 12 demographic. Yeah, exactly. Whereas now I'm like, yeah, this is a genuine question for uh, you, Chalk Squad, like, who have listened to more recent episodes of Odyssey than we have. Like, I would love to be thrown some of that stuff that is more, you know, adult character centric if it's still out there. That mm-hmm. would be a cool thing to kind of poke around at. Yeah, definitely. Well, but. and there's plenty of the new stuff that I haven't heard. And maybe I doubt that club episodes end up that way because they yeah. seem to be more tangential and like kid oriented. Sure. But um, who knows? But. And even in this, even in green ring, as we've covered mm-hmm. so far, we do have some like Matthew and Emily and Jay and Buck, like mm-hmm. they appear constantly so that mm-hmm. there is that like kid point, but I wouldn't say that they're not like often at like the center of things. No, no. So it's not like they're like, Oh, this is adventures and odyssey, just the kids, mm-hmm. but it does feel like maybe they feel a little bit more need to mm-hmm. cater to that. Yeah. Which like, once again, not a bad plan. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, like, I'm, like focusing your show on a specific demographic is not a bad play. No, it just because just we can't do it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. I, yeah, I think it's very interesting, especially when, while you're talking about that. I was thinking about kind of the end of the Novacom saga and like how centric the kids were to that and. I mean, one of the characters ends up getting, what, blown off of a tower? Or yes. Essentially? Yeah, like, that's that's pretty intense. <laughs> and that was ten years before this came out. And I don't I don't think that Odyssey's ever going to do that again. Probably not. They probably got backlash for that, but... Um, no, they're just going to do trauma in more subtle ways. Yeah, yeah, and not acknowledge it, which is so exciting. Thank goodness. Unless, maybe we do. Kathy Buchanan, with your counseling experience, please come to the rescue... And uh, save our girl Emily here, please. Yes, please. Please and thank you. Yeah, as as we were recording this, the uh, the new uh, episode has just been announced of uh, the Rydell saga, mm-hmm. which we will eventually be covering, but probably not till the fall. But it's called The Team, and boy, oh boy, does that give us trepidation. So much trepidation. I I, I think trepidation might be an understatement. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm, I'm a little terrified. Yeah, yeah paralyzed perhaps <laughs> yeah so they, they look forward to that in the fall when we you know after green ring when we decide to talk about the team Woo-hoo! Uh, so anyway. yeah um <laughs> going back, back to the to, episode this to, first yeah. scene that we still haven't escaped from <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we basically did escape from that scene, mm-hmm. but we're now at a conference call mm-hmm. between Polehouse and Wit, and then Eugene with Matthew and Emily. Yeah. And Emily kind of explains that they found, they're, they're trying to figure out what's going on at the old Ross compound. Mm-hmm. And Emily's like, we found on the schematics, a fifth building. It's an underground bunker, um, mostly underground um as underground bunkers right and and pole house is like good enough for me we're raiding the place yeah yeah he's really a live wire in this part and And then we just cut to him raiding the place and just going hay bales bales. yeah it's like good good enough for me we're we're going right now 
And yeah, there's nothing there except for a picnic, uh, picnic blanket and some raspberry sodas and some licorice. Yep. Presumably no entree. I mean, Wooten seems to have dropped the ball there, or maybe they just ate it all. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but yes, a Winnie the Pooh blanket. Mm-hmm. And Wit's just like, well, this could only mean one thing. Wooten. <laughs> yeah. I mean, God bless that he has a Winnie the Pooh blanket. I don't know if that was established previously in the show, but that makes yeah. me feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. Yeah, especially knowing all the Winnie the Pooh and uh, Adventures in Odyssey tie-ins. Mm-hmm. It's some great crossover. Oh, uh, I started watching Twin Peaks. Oh, and, yes. Yeah, and... Uh, Penny showed up. Uh-huh. Uh, what's, I'm sorry. Kimmy Robertson. Kimmy Robertson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Playing Lucy. Very weird. Very weird. <laughs> it's the same her. voice. Yeah. Same voice. Very cute. Very cute. We'll say that uh, respectfully. You know, I, I respect women and their autonomy and everything. We, we, we lo- Women, we love you. We do love you. Kimmy Roberts, we do love you as well. Yeah. Um, Robertson. Robertson, sorry. Uh but yeah, that definitely caught me off guard. I tried to post about it on the Instagram for the podcast, and I couldn't get the scene to pause. So, sorry about that. Next time, there's a lot of Twin Peaks to go. There is. Yep. <laughs> and she does show up again. Right. <laughs> she is kind of a main character of sorts. She's at least part of the ensemble. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, then uh, then Wit's like, all right, well, we do have one other option. Mm-hmm. Cut to... Monty bursting into Dirk's room and just being like, hey, nurse, if Time's you've got up. a problem with this, go talk to Lily Graham. Yep, because all the information I need to get out of this guy is right, right, right away. Yep, right here. and Dirk's just like, oh, yes, I don't want to be scared by the stiletto, so let me uh, spill the beans. Let me just tell um, you everything right yeah, away. Yeah, This episode is so rushed, mm-hmm. and I don't understand why. Yeah, because you it had feels 12 episodes, at the end. so many of which were inconsequential, mm-hmm. especially in that first half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they this were doing a lot of setup. This arc is weird in that, like, so many of the episodes, like, there's so much information crammed in, and then so much that, like, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, stuff that doesn't really pay off. Or isn't doesn't like clearly pay off. Like I feel like listening to it in a more or less week to week fashion for the show, I don't feel like I gained a lot. No. Like I don't feel like this analysis made me go like, oh, look at all these cool connections. It basically wore it on its sleeves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's pretty straightforward. The yeah. thing that I uh am very disappointed that I didn't get was I didn't guess that the numbers were train car numbers. Yeah, um, I it... forgot that as well. I yeah. knew there was a train. I completely forgot that there was a oh, train. Oh, no, I, I, knew, I knew about the train. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's really funny because I just finished watching Breaking Bad and there's a whole thing in the final season about the train and people that work with trains and train cars and all of that mm-hmm. fun stuff. Uh, yeah. So it was kind of an interesting <laughs> crossover there. Yeah, so yeah, so Dirk, Dirk spills the beans that... Um, Skint gave him the numbers mm-hmm. for him to pass to the stiletto. Mm-hmm. He didn't wind up doing that. Um, and the numbers are for freight train or for freight cars on a private train. Mm-hmm. They're gonna go to sh- the train's gonna head to Chicago, and the cars will be distributed along the way. Here's a great thing. I know I just criticized them for not really doing it, but here's a fun little one. Um. Archie, remember, was surprised that mm-hmm. Jason didn't know. No, yeah. This is because 
Dirk, he was supposed to, to know. Yeah. He wasn't intentionally being cut out. Just Dirk never got to him. Dirk, yeah, Dirk bungled it. <laughs> yes. Because he double-crossed Monty. Right. I mean, that is kind of his fault, but Monty did kind of blow his cover, so, you right. know, who's really... Well, it's Tanner's fault, really. It's true. Who it is, is gone. Yeah, completely inconsequential at this point. We just don't care about Tanner. Nope. So. Nope. Yeah, when you're talking about stuff that doesn't pay off, I was like, oh, yeah, what happened to Tanner? <laughs> yeah, no, no, she's just, she's there. A shot of her going to jail, please, or Great, anything? great performance, but yeah, just irrelevant. That's so, 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 so wonderful. Um... And then, yeah, so so we jump to, uh, yeah. So, basically, oh. then, um, Dr. Lily Graham. Lily Graham, yeah. Uh, walks. No, it's just the nurse comes back. Oh, the nurse comes back in. And, yeah, uh, kicks him out, and yeah, he's just like, out. yeah, that's fine, I'm leaving. Yeah, you can test him all you want. <laughs> yeah, but there's a... I don't know. The, the, I feel like this episode, in quite a few places, really nails the editing. Mm-hmm. And this, like, they were were throughout that whole thing, cutting back and forth between Wit and Polehouse. Yes, like using the information mm-hmm. and Monty getting it. Yeah, yeah. And it's just good. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's Chris... the kind of thing that like gets pulled off in live action all the time, but is much harder in an audio medium. Mm-hmm. And they because really you make can't it work. show two things at once with sound. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. Because like. You would overlap dialogue with actions. Like, mm-hmm. you'd have... Yeah, there's so many ways you could pull this off visually that just, like, you know, they can't. But mm-hmm. they, 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 they they do really good here. Yeah, and, and they make it very, you know, comprehensive and everything like that. But, then you know, there are other points in the episode where they kind of drop the bag editing-wise. Yeah. Uh, see crane, uh, crane crash. Train crash. Yeah. We also... Then, then we get exposition buck mm-hmm. our Buck's favorite walking up to the trailer with yep. skint yep. and is just like plot movement yeah well, he 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 he's basically just like you know connie penny and wooten are in the train cars yeah what do you and I'm do? like why are we back here i'm like why you well i think i think he says right connie and like the other two or are we really just gonna leave them in the train cars and he's like ah mr gross said they'll be disposed of or whatever Mm -hmm. and he's like oh i hope they don't die and i'm like dude you met connie once Mm -hmm. you have no idea who these other people are and you're just like out here naming them by name and sympathizing with them and whatever like Mm -hmm. I, Mm -hmm. i get it but also like hardened criminal kid People like I understand him having an attachment to Katrina because she has put a lot of effort forth there. Yeah, of he course. interacted with Connie barely once. Yep, and not at all with anybody else. Yeah, and I I understand that you know perhaps this is him getting wise to just kind of the broader strokes of criminal activity and that it you know sure. commod commodifies. Uh, is that, is that a word? Commodify. Commodify yeah. is yeah. word. Uh, commodifies you know kind of human life and stuff like that and for what it can be sold for and. Um, Sure. What it can be useful for. Absolutely. But it's still not great. And yeah. it's well, unfortunate. It's, it's clunky, especially considering, and I, I know there's a little bit more for this scene, but in the next scene, we literally start out with Connie being like, oh, we're in the moving train. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not like it's setting anything up that doesn't, that we don't, we, we get the same exposition yeah. in the next yeah. scene. So it's weird and clunky here. And that's, that's what I kind of felt about the end of the, I mean, we're not even close to the end of the episode, but more so like just this episode in general, 
It was they were tying up a lot of different things all at once, and that does make sense. But I feel like the way that they went about the intricacies of tying it up was kind of clunky, um, you know, in, in certain respects. Um, and I think that that's I think Buck in this scene is kind of that or is is a decent example of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so yeah, and the, right, and so the mm-hmm. they're in the train, yep. and the Penny has this whole thing where she's like, you know, oh man, my world's been turned upside down. Trask mm-hmm. was the one man I was like the man I trusted most, and yeah. I'm like, boy, is that strong? But yeah, I listen. I like some of my college professors. Some of them I consider not like family, but like close friends. You know, and uh, no. No, 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 no. Would never say anything about that. Further evidence as to uh, cult leader Trask? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, that that is uh, that is quite fair. There's, there's got to be some emotional manipulation going on there. Uh, um, yeah, so anyway, they're, they're in the train, and Connie's freaking out, trying to think about a way to get out of the train, and Wooten's, in the same fashion that he did with the bunker... Uh, says, oh, uh, I had a friend in Alaska who had a train like this. And uh, and Connie's like, oh, and there's, let me guess, there's no way out of it no matter what we do. And she, he's like, no, there's actually, uh, there's an escape hatch right over there. Just it's move those boxes. really funny. Yeah, it's I, really yeah. funny. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. And we, we've touched on it a little bit before, but I think part of Penny, like the whole, like, her feeling like like the whole trash cult leader penny whatever like part of that is very much that penny was written as a villain initially mm. and it wasn't until they were recording with Kimmy Robertson that they decided to rewrite stuff really so she was supposed to be a villain the whole way through correct wow correct the plan was that she was going to be this bad girl who wound up being in cahoots with Dr. Trask. Mm-hmm. But because of her, of like Kimmy Robertson's relationship with Katie Lee, they were like, okay, maybe we do like a friend Connie's age and they like switch it. And so that is where you have to, there's a little bit more of like, oh, so Penny's thing has to be that like, yeah, it just, I think affects the way that character can be portrayed here oh yeah of course definitely and yeah it's maybe part of part of the problem but you know it's uh, yeah it's not i don't think it's a big issue i just think and it's, I, I i really appreciate the direction they went with it yeah oh yeah and for like sure. all I those think decisions it only but, stands to benefit the show that what they did with her character um unless they turned her into like some long con you know supreme villain foil to you know the new cast which would have been cool as well but i doubt that that would be the way that they would go with that so yeah um uh so yeah so the i think connie gives like a nice little like i don't know mini sermon Mm -hmm. here about who to trust yeah 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 where she's just like you know like she's like then this is why i never trust anyone and penny's like wait really and she's like no of course i trust people like i have to trust people but like i you know trust Jesus most of all and mm-hmm. use that as a filter through which to trust other people and like, mm-hmm. you know, not always going to get it right, but like, you know, it puts me in a better place or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and I think that that, the ending point there is very, very crucial. And that like, 
there in a world without god it becomes very easy to see trust as the biggest thing standing like the biggest gate to your vulnerability as a person but if you have faith and things like that uh i at least personally i found it uh, i found it a lot easier to trust people that i wouldn't otherwise because i have trust in greater concepts of security and greater um relationships yeah no no that i i can i can agree with you on that on just Mm -hmm. the like yeah i do feel like part of my willingness to trust people like i feel like there's a lot of and i mean skin is the portrayal of this throughout the series but just Mm -hmm. that kind of like oh you know if we never trust anyone we can't be harmed Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and i feel like i that not i don't know not worrying about it in as much human terms and being concerned about people taking advantage of me um Mm -hmm. yeah maybe foolishly or naively so but just because of where my faith lies um does affect how i trust people yeah of course definitely and trust is something that's earned for sure oh um inside it's one of the crates that they moved is a uh slightly drugged townsend coleman yes um actually it sounds like he might be a little bit more than slightly drugged uh he seems very groggy his accent is incredible i wasn't yep. sure if when he was coming out of that crate because i i kind of figured it was jason that was in there i wasn't sure if he was going to come out talking like jason or talking like the stiletto but townsend coleman gives a great performance here kind of slipping in and out a little bit but yes you know still maintaining his front um yeah and penny, penny says she's like i'm still a little groggy and penny's like oh traveling in a box always makes, makes me, me groggy. groggy yeah <laughs> and he's like it was mostly the drugs they used to get me yeah. into the box <laughs> mostly the drugs that persuaded me into the box <laughs> which begs the question did penny like you know ride in a crate with trask or something like that like did was there like a an art trip where you become the art and they take you to a museum. Yeah, I don't know if it was a Trask-related thing or just a Penny's weird and quirky. But... Uh, yeah, well, I guess the question is, when did it happen? Yeah, who knows? Um, And then uh, Connie's like, man, that guy looks familiar. And then as he's exiting the train, he's like, hey, Connie, uh, tell Mr. Whitaker, good catch to call mm-hmm. him Mr. Whitaker, mm-hmm. not dad mm-hmm. or even wit, mm-hmm. but tell Mr. Whitaker you know, give him the TLC clue about the plates. Yeah. And now I'm going to run across the top of this train because uh, that's what gives Wooten inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I find that running across the top of a train gives always gives me inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then Penny drops her iconic. Mm-hmm. Who was that masked man? Which is a uh, Lone Ranger reference, mm-hmm. but also. At what point did the stiletto start wearing, wearing a, a mask? mask? Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> like, was is my that, question is that as well. just there so that Connie's not dumb for not immediately recognizing him? Did they gag him? Why, why, why is he wearing a mask? I don't understand the mask thing. Yeah, no, in my head, now the fact that he's got something, like, they must have just put a bag on his head and didn't take, like, and he's just running on the top of the train, like, Mr. Bean style with a bag on the top of his head. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's weird. I mean, maybe they're really big sunglasses, and it just covers <laughs> the majority of yeah. his face. Maybe she was saying mask figuratively, because uh, it's Penny. Uh-huh. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, a very <sighs> artistic term. Yeah. So then we, we jump back to um, the wit and 
whatnot. Mm -hmm. They've determined the whole train track thing. Mm -hmm. So there's like, there's a dry riverbed Mm -hmm. that goes to the train track that could have been used as a road. Matthew tipped them off about that in a phone call. Yep. And so they've got this train track and look, it's going to go right by Hagler's junkyard. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we cut to Hagler's junkyard. And this is the moment, Andrew. This is the moment that's been rattling around my head for the past 10 years. Wally Hagler goes, I hear the train a-coming. It's coming round the bend. Which is a Johnny Cash, uh, yeah. Folsom Prison Blues yeah. lyric. Yeah. Which is a song that I was very well acquainted with at the time of listening to this show. And is one of the... You're such a cool middle schooler, Dylan. One of the weirdest... One of the weirdest, like, name drop references, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like, the the Johnny Cash, Christian, whatever, crossover is obviously there. Mm -hmm. But. That one? (laughs) Putting that line in the show. At that time? As a non-acknowledged reference that is not toned like it's it's always been just a weird thing that's right around my head because of the it is actually it is him stating a fact that mm-hmm. is a plot point like it is only a joke for the audience who gets it yeah exactly yeah but it's not it's not funny no and it's not framed it as just, a joke right it just makes you go huh you just you just yeah, is that Johnny Cash? Oh, all right. Well, the train's coming. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And it, it 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 just forever has, yeah, has has bothered me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That, I feel like I know you better as a person. And and, yeah, and it was just one now. of those things that I, I've never been able to express that. <laughs> right. And pinpoint it for sure. Right, well, like, I'm, yeah, like, I've, I've been aware of the existence of this line in this show. Yeah. As, like, oh, and I've, here's a fun scavenger hunt. If you guys go back and listen through this whole series, you will hear moments at which I reference, I think, I think it, I think it specifically came up with the Marvelous Mrs. Mado thing. Oh, where, like, when yeah. we were talking, talking through that, and I was like, there is, someday when we cover the Green Ring, another weird placed reference that just is always rattling around in my head. Mm-hmm. And this is it. And it's just, yeah, it's got that benefit of, like, I it could... Surprise Johnny Cash. We love it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, like Odyssey has done other references before and since Mm -hmm. that seem either like the Marvelous Mrs. Mado Mm -hmm. is fine because more it's Maury isn't actually communicating anything with that line. Mm -hmm. It's just there as like a joke for people who get it Mm -hmm. and it has no implications for other Mm -hmm. people. Yeah, exactly. Other times, they reference, and we've talked about it, they reference Chronicles of Narnia with, mm-hmm. like, naming, mm-hmm. or they reference Star Wars or mm-hmm. The Princess Bride or mm-hmm. whatever, and it seems more pointedly a reference. Yeah. This is just a line of dialogue that, rather than writing a line of dialogue, they lifted a line from a Johnny Cash song. I mean... And a dang good one at that. Yeah, a dang good one, and I... I want to call Paul McCusker lazy, but 
you know, I don't think that I can because I no, love it's music like, all the time. It does not, right, it does not bother me. It is actually, and I think it's actually a good, like, also if you've listened to this show for a while, you understand that this is very much the kind of humor that Andrew and I partake in. Mm-hmm. Which is Almost the, exclusively. Which is the just like, oh, we're just going to reference like a Switchfoot lyric and not acknowledge it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because we both get it. Yeah. Do we care if anybody else does? Right. Not really. But it just, it sticks out so much in this mm-hmm. show. And it it's not, it, I don't think is particularly good or mm-hmm. particularly bad. No. It is just a thing that I could not stop thinking about and never really had an outlet for, for 10 years now. I am so really glad you, that I got to be here. Andrew, and yeah. thank you, Chalk Squad, thank you, Chalk Squad, for being my outlet. Yeah, so we can communicate about these things. It is, yeah, it's absurd how much, one, that we can talk about Adventures in Odyssey as much as we've done it, and two, the amount that, like, it does permeate into other aspects of our life and, like, you can't really explain it to anybody because it doesn't make sense to them. Right. Because, well, yeah. It's so insular. Yeah. But so instrumental. Yes. <laughs> Which I think means that they did their job well. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. So that that line. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we reveal that there is a track going into his junkyard. Classic. The track runs into the storage shed. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, and he's like... The storage shed that just got built? Wasn't right. that previously established? Uh, it's like pretty recent. Maybe. It's just got all... Like, it's got a lot of equipment in it that's worth money. No, I think I think he mentions it to uh, Wally or something. Or not, or Wally mentions it to Archie or something like that. Oh, okay. Maybe. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I did not catch it, but that does not mean it's not there. Um, Fact check. That's and Chalk Squad. It is one, just like... Ultimate plot convenience, whatever. Mm. I, that doesn't bug me. There is part of this that will bug me later mm-hmm. when we talk about it a little bit. Well, I let's just do it. Do it here. Mm-hmm. So, so he's like, okay, they're going to flip the line. Mm-hmm. This is it's a it's a Barrymore line, which Call is Matthew's to, expertise. Yeah. Yes, and Jay um, just goes who knows that stuff why does he know that kind of stuff which is exactly what emily said Mm -hmm. in like the whatever that was yeah part one part two something like that early early episode um and then emily says um the equivalent of a verbal kiss yeah (laughs) like yeah she's so affectionate yeah it's really cute she's like that's what i asked but i'm so glad glad he he does does. right now yeah um that's what but I yeah. said, but I'm so glad he does right now. And I'm like, yeah. Yay! Oh, it, it's very cute. But I'm like, yeah, that is like the, that is the, like your, um, yeah. You, like in the action movie where like somebody knows something dumb like that. And the woman just like turns and like mm-hmm. kisses them. Yeah. yeah like exactly. that is exactly what is communicated through yeah, that. Yeah. It's not like a sexual kiss. It is just a kiss, kiss of joy. Yeah. 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 Like a, like a kiss on the cheek, very aggressively, like two hands on the face kind of right, situation. Very. It's a wonderful lifestyle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, uh, doesn't Leia do it in a new hope? Doesn't she like kiss Han or Luke or somebody like that? Out of, something? Yeah, joy. there is definitely there's yes, a joy kiss yes. in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Yes, I believe. for sure. So yeah, that is just a great thing. And mm-hmm. then and then um, 
what Wally yells to Jay, you heard the man, Jay. We got to pull that switch. And Jay's like, that was no man. That was Matthew. <laughs> that was no man. That was Matthew. That was the best delivery. Yes. I, oh, I love Jay. Yeah, Jay. I, Jay. I mean, they really, he really packs a punch with like the three lines he gets this episode. Yeah. And and so they they pull it, and then they're like, ah, we better get out of the way. And they mm-hmm. run away. Yeah. Um, we got to run for it. <laughs> yep. And so, so the, yeah, the thing, the thing here. Mm-hmm. is just aside from just the plot convenience of hey it goes into wally's yard yeah well Jason i don't know that i fully understand wally's motivations as a private citizen to be like like is he gonna get compensated for this they better compensate him he is stopping this train yeah by, by like demolishing his own property yes and and it, I have to believe it was After like a cut scene, but it makes me so mad that there is no exchange between him and Pole House in this episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're he, right. He deserves it. He went it. for a sacrifice play yeah. to help the man who hates him yep. on no basis. Yep. And he doesn't get acknowledged for it. He gets nothing for this, and I feel so bad for he him. Gets a lot of scrap metal, presumably. <laughs> sure. But it's just, it's such a bummer yeah. that, like, this is, this is... This a, would have been the perfect like, opportunity for them to pay off. Right, well, it, it, it is the emotional payoff for what's been going on, but they just don't bother to actually, like... It's like they, they, they didn't connect the dots. Yeah. Like, they put all the things out there and then just left it up to you. Mm-hmm. Because it does feel like this big thing where it's like... Wally, who has been like, has been a little self-serving through this whole thing, while also like not be like very clearly not doing anything wrong, mm-hmm. but like could have been more forthcoming about mm-hmm. things. Is not necessarily well. He doesn't have a great relationship with right. the law enforcement, <laughs> right? And it's just like this is like his big moment where he's like, all right. I'm going to sacrifice my barn yeah. to stop I'm these sacrifice train robbers. My business by crashing a train through it. Right. <laughs> like Right. And it should just be this like big moment and instead like we never come back to it. Nope. Cuz uh, I don't know and instead they pivot to the trickle lake concrete you know yeah. Well, finale. first for I guess before the train has even crashed. Yeah. We do get the uh, polar express uh, fight scene. Fight scene. <laughs> yeah, like Jason like pops in. I took the scenic route, and then it's literally that though. Yeah, that's like, exactly it. The whole like, polar express thing train. is like the, them playing like hot potato over like you know a boat or something mm-hmm. as oh, two yeah, train yeah. conductors yeah. who are like goofy and over the top and wind out on the outside of the train and like this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But like that is what happens in this scene. Yeah, it's them playing hot potato with like the cell phone. Is that? Oh, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can kind of hear what I mean. Yeah. There's no expositional dialogue as to like, "Ow, you punched me in the left eye." Like, there's there's none of sure. that. 
you kind of hear but, the scuffing and everything and but yeah and, and then, then you hear right. somebody say like i'm just gonna stop the train and or i'm i'm not stopping the train or i'm driving the train and right well, yeah townsend the, coleman's like i'd rather you not right well and then and then it's the whole thing of like of like we gotta stop it they just switched the track and mm-hmm. the one guy's like well Grote hasn't said to and yeah like you know we're just doing it yeah we're just gonna die and then you hear the yeah you hear the jason train. jason i think pulls the pulls the brake but it is too little too late mm-hmm. and they crash into the now's a great time to drop a psa about trains they can't stop <laughs> actually have, have you ever listened to a podcast that has like train psas on it no i don't know for some reason a couple of the podcasts that i've listened to they're like advertisers or sometimes are like psas about stopping for trains <laughs> because people don't stop for trains and trains can't stop for you so right Now, an important time to mention, it takes them, like, two miles to come to a complete stop. Oh, yeah. So, uh, don't bank on them doing that. Yeah. That's for sure. And so then we're outside of the train. This is, like, halfway through the episode, and we just had our climax, which is really bizarre. Yeah. But we're outside, and there's... All the people have arrived. Mm -hmm. Archie is there. So he was just mm-hmm. inexplicably on the train? Yeah, even though they were going to call him, which is, I yeah, mean, I guess maybe it was a situation where it's like there's a train phone, they were calling to another car, maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know how that stuff works. Yeah. But, but but why was he there? I don't know. A terrible criminal f- is literally sitting on the train with all of his money that he counterfeited. Like, are right. you kidding me? Yeah, and then like Connie and... And those folks get out of there. The, the the money cushioned their fall, and Connie has the realization that it's Jason. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, and we'll, we'll, so like later on, when they're all hanging around there, and Connie starts to fill Wit and Monty in on what was going on, mm-hmm. like Jason just like I guess ran away from the the train crash. Yeah, he's not there. I, but uh, everyone else, it's it's so weird. I don't, I don't know. The because whole, then he, but he talks to Wit at the end. Right, right, right. He does. He breaks into Wit's house at the end. But I guess he just didn't want his cover to be blown. Yeah. So like he didn't hang around at the scene. I guess. Yeah. Because I, I guess when I was writing the notes, I wasn't. I was assuming that Jason was just dumb being the stiletto. Mm-hmm. But then he's not nope. by the end of it. No. So. And the labyrinth is dropped, <laughs> like name dropped. So, um, so yeah. yeah. So we we so the next scene mm-hmm. is Skint and, and Buck walking back to kidnap Katrina. Yep, because they need her as an insurance policy. Yep. And you know, Skint is at this point being very distant with Buck and kind of like standoffish. Like you know, you don't need to know everything. Like I'm not going to explain this to you. We need insurance so we can get out of right, here. Right. Well, because so we Buck's whole thing is like, I don't want to do this to Katrina. Yeah, I don't want to turn this person that's been kind to me into a hostage. It makes a lot of sense. Yep. It's a pretty re- reasonable response, um, I would think. Yeah. But this is, while, while the whole, you know, all the Jason, whatever. Well, we just had like a really funny scene in the episode and we do have other good ones. This is, I think, the best scene of the episode interesting that you would okay i'm i feel good things mostly i mean i'm obviously i'm glad that buck made the decision that he did and like it is 
I actually the pause is incredible. Okay, I'm on your side. So so I've the, come around. The only reason I I say that is so it's this whole thing where like Buck and Skin are going back and forth, and mm-hmm. Skin's finally just like, look, like I'm in the clear. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to kidnap her, that's fine. You're just gonna get arrested, mm-hmm. and like I will get out of here. Mm-hmm. And it's like we've been building to this, mm-hmm. whatever. And it could just be that. And Buck says, okay, I'm staying. And Skint walks off. Mm-hmm. Instead, they give, I mean, David Selby as Skint, mm-hmm. best performance. Oh my gosh, incredible. So good. And this is this is where I'm just like, oh, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Because it is, it's him being genuinely broken up about this. Being like, you know what? I'm going to miss have, you. Right. I have cared for you. You can hear it in his voice. Mm-hmm. He genuinely is going to miss it. But at the same time, he is always his number one. Mm-hmm. And in this circumstance, it's not even like it's not even him giving up Buck to save his own skin. It's Buck saying, I will not commit a crime, and him saying, well, you need to if you want to stay with me. And Buck saying, then I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So it, it gives it even more emotional justification where it's not just skin, you know, things get tough and skin runs away. It's like he tried what he could do, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he doesn't control Buck. Mm-hmm. And he recognizes that and just goes, okay. I can't change your mind. I still need to worry about myself. Mm-hmm. I'm out of here. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to prison. And it's like, you totally believe him. You understand why this is the way he is reacting. Mm-hmm. And he sells, sells it so well. Yeah. As, yeah, he does a really good As job. just being broken up mm-hmm. about this thing. Their relationship was never properly familial. Mm-mm. No. But, but there is affection there. That right. Is yeah, yeah. But he is still. He does care about here. this yeah. person. Yeah. He's been his guardian for a long time. Yeah. And well, presumably, that, I mean, Buck's like what was he in eighth grade or so at this point? Like, I mean, he's something in, like, like that. middle yeah. school. Uh, like, yeah, he might be six. I think he's sixteen. I think they established sixteen for some reason. Maybe oh, not. yeah. No, fourteen. Fourteen. 14. They established fourteen. Yeah. Okay. So he's that would be eighth grade, I think, or yeah, maybe ninth grade. Yeah. Eighth or ninth. But um, but yeah, and it's it's so good because Yeah, because you could do it you could do it lesser than you Yeah, it, it didn't have to be this good. Mm-hmm. And it was. Mm-hmm. And you also have from Skint's side, this is the only person he has trusted. Yeah. This is the only person he's kept around. Yeah. Even if they don't have a father-son relationship, this is the person who is closest to him. Yeah, this is his accomplice. This is his partner. I mean, And he is yeah. making a choice between his own freedom yep. and staying with that person. Yeah. And he chooses to be free rather mm-hmm. than to stay with them. And sure, he's a criminal and he should be in jail. But from his perspective, that's a tough choice, mm-hmm. and they sell it really well. Mm-hmm. It's well-written and incredibly well-performed, and I love it. Round of applause. Just snaps in a circle around the microphone. They did a great job. I, yeah. Okay, you're, you're 100% right. And Buck's pause when he asks him, like, what's it going to be? 
that like mm-hmm. second and a half, two seconds that they give there is so good because Odyssey rarely gives that amount of silence for anything. No, fair. Um, and so, especially in a situation like a decision being made or something like that, like I mean, sometimes they play it up for dramatic effect, but it. I don't know. It just really struck a chord with me this time around where I don't really feel like Odyssey employs that strategy all that often, and it really comes through here. Um, so, yeah. So, Peace, Buck stays with uh, Katrina, and, mm-hmm. you know, Skint leaves, and Buck, you know, uh, like, takes off her gag, and Katrina's like, I was praying that you'd make the right decision. I was praying um that you would you know see that your your destiny isn't written for you mm-hmm. yet you know yeah. that you you still can uh be something else than what you are right now if you you seem like you don't like that yeah um yeah it's really really great and it's a great katrina moment and like yeah yeah it makes me feel all the better about Buck ending up with Katrina and Eugene and all mm. of that, like that kind of relationship, this incendiary moment that they have yeah. together. I like um, Right. I like that that's what comes down the line. I yeah. think it's, yeah. I think it's not necessarily set up in a way where it feels like that's what has to happen. No, not Which at I all. also appreciate. Exactly. But it exactly. sets it up in a way that when it does happen, we can be happy about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and you, you think about, you know, the stories that they're building with these characters and kind of the world building, that the ideas that they have in their head when they're making these decisions. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, scenes like this that would end up in a, you know, Eugene... Or what is it? Um, what's Eugene's conversion episode that we talked about that was super good that had the clip show? What's it called? The Time Has Come. Yeah, Time Has Come. If they were to do a Time Has Come mm-hmm. style episode, like, this would be one of those moments. Yeah, yeah um yeah is he a christian do they make him a christian yet i don't know i don't know i assume that if it hasn't happened yet obviously in the pipeline yeah but yeah naturally but yeah i don't know i don't know where buck's at with his faith Hmm. time will tell yeah it certainly will so so yeah then then we jump to we and we kind of hit on some of this earlier, but it's the it's Connie telling Wit and Monty that Jason was there mm-hmm. and that the plates are at TLC and that you need to figure out what that is. Mm-hmm. And that's basically that entire scene. Yep. And then we have Matthew and Emily quipping about computers being old to Eugene, mm-hmm. um, and then Katrina and Buck walking in, mm-hmm. um, and Buck apologizes. Yeah. And says he's going to turn himself in mm-hmm. because he's not Maury and he doesn't suck. Yay! Way to not be Maury! <laughs> it's the lowest bar, but as a person who participated in criminal activities. Yep. And has then had an actual repentance, mm-hmm. turning themselves in, mm-hmm. feels remorse. Mm-hmm. Very into this. Seeing perhaps alternative ways of living that are more fulfilling and beneficial than the uh, man-made, you know, strategies that they had contrived themselves. Yeah. And then and then Emily has a great moment of just asking, like, what's going on with Skint? And he's like, oh, you know, he didn't... Yeah, we he, he left. And mm-hmm. Emily genuinely shows him sympathy. Mm-hmm. Because she's a good person and a kind person. And yeah. good God, Kathy, please save Emily. <laughs> Hey, I can't. Hey, this is just becoming the Kathy Buchanan fan cast. I, I mean, 
I've been known to start more niche. No, no, I don't think I've started more niche podcasts than that, but. I mean, arguably the niche of the Andrew Sabo podcast is one person and his name is Andrew Sabo. That's true. So yeah, your target demo, my target demographic is, is myself actually. So, uh, so, so yeah, so we jump, we jump back to, uh, the train crash mm-hmm. and Polhouse is like, all right, we got everything, everyone except for Trask and Skin into custody. Classic. Um, which is which rocks, and they don't know about Groot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, except Wit does, but you know he's got to he's got to keep that secret. Yeah. Um, and so they're trying to figure out what TLC could mean. Certainly not trickle lake concrete. No, it, it actually it isn't. It isn't, but, but it, it is. is. Yeah. <laughs> so right, so they, they they end up figuring out that it's trickle lake dock C, which mm-hmm. we knew about, but the plates were taken to trickle lake concrete mm-hmm. to be coated in concrete mm-hmm. and then dropped off doxy at trickle lake yeah so it's like it was both yeah. but i want to know what the goons meant because i think the goons did mean the concrete not the dock yeah but, it might just be a comedy of errors that they just keep doing all the same stuff with it i mean that's a classic classic blunder by by the uh the criminals here you know returning to returning to the scene of the crime having yeah 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 why, why did it have to be doc see exactly like, yep and so they yeah they go to the dock there's a chain at the end of the dock and they're like and you know paul is like i'll get a truck and we'll pull it out yeah before he can get the truck we needed a convenient tie-up for a character arc so crash in the pool house boat house outhouse yep, yep. Is, the uh... one that Mo- that uh, monty had previously broken into yes uh, um, hopefully the door was fixed. We don't know. It now um, contains uh, Doctor Benjamin Trask. Yep, who they are going to oh, arrest. I was looking at the waves. What? What for? What are you arresting me for? Certainly not everything that you've done that's illegal. Yeah, um, yeah it's yeah. it's a thing that happens. I yeah, guess. Wit congratulates Monty, and you know, yeah, it kind of ties up the one of the last threads of the episode um the final scene is uh wit entering his house and like we said uh jason breaks in and he's already there um and jason tells wit about mr groat trying to get rid of him and so he is going to go after mr groat um going back to hong kong essentially um and so (laughs) wit is obviously second guessing that idea he's like are you sure that's a good idea um but Jason, obviously, in true Whitaker fashion, has his mind made up. Um, yep. The exact quote goes, Back to Hong Kong. Is that wise? Someone has to do it. I'll be back, though. John Whitaker, I'm counting on it. I yeah. love you, Dad. Love you, too. Be careful. Don't get lost in the labyrinth. Dun, dun, dun. Certainly not the name of a three-part episode in this series. Yes. You're going to get lost in that labyrinth of lies? Already happened. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, they, had to, they had to double down. Yeah. There's oh, a lot the- of labyrinths of lies. So... Yeah, but yep. Moriarch has labyrinth of lies. I feel like there's just yeah, just lots of lies. The the other thing we should we should hit on here is uh, so when Wick gets to his house, the door is open. Mm-hmm. He walks in, and Jason's like, "Sorry about the window," which is the same thing that we were talking about in like the second episode or whatever that Monty does, mm-hmm. and we were like, "What's going on?" A lovely listener who i did not write their name down so shout out to you mr anonymous or mrs anonymous who knows or they anonymous (laughs) yeah anonymous 
just full stop. Yeah. Um, wonderfully gender neutral term. Crazy how that works. Um, but the, uh, yeah, so they've pointed out the great thought, which is they punch, there's it's a door with the window and they punch through the window and to turn the knob and open the door. Ah, which is a thing classic. that we've all seen yeah, in, in, in a the million movie, movies. Yeah. And we just, yep. Didn't think about it. Nope, but it is 100% what happened in yep. both those scenes. But oh, I do yeah. like them mirroring each other and that whole thing. And Do they do like the karate yell before they do it? Like in all the old movies? They go, no. ah! No, they just wrap a towel around their hand and ah. punch it through. Yeah. Karate yells only when you're like kicking down a door, not when you're just putting your hand through a window pane. I guess I'm just dramatic then. I do a karate yell when I'm punching through uh, glass. glass. Yeah. Probably do that less. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> he says with one hand in a cast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also, it's just really sweet. There's like a Wit and Jason hug. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Familial affection. We yeah. love to see it. Big fan. And, and considering everything they've gone through, I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah, I really hope that they can take a couple days off and relax and do normal chill odyssey things together. Yep. But obviously Jason is off to get lost in a labyrinth, essentially. Yep. Um, but that's the end of the episode. That is that is it. Um, yeah, but as for the actual like conclusion to this album, this mm-hmm. arc, mm-hmm. even if there is more of a saga going on this is definitely a complete arc here yeah or mostly complete we leave the we leave the door open with Groot, but you know uh so what what do you uh what do you think i think it's good i mean the ending the ending was rushed and a little you know convenient-y in a lot of ways um you know was this the best use of a full album's worth of adventures and odyssey as far as like could they have fit a more compelling well-structured you know uh crime narrative in there sure i'm sure they could but i think that it's good and i think as far as like post you know novacom post album 50 odyssey uh you know it's it's some of the best stuff they've done and they're you know all the things that i like about odyssey shine through in these episodes pretty well i mean we got wooten which is really all i listened to odyssey for um and, uh, and, you know, we've got great, char- you know, great kid interactions between Emily and Matthew, um, you know, great sound engine. Uh, we've got great kid interactions between Emily and Matthew. Um, we've got excellent sound engineering throughout. Uh, the score is really great. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much they were able to recreate a similar aesthetic to like, yeah. Dun, 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 like in the same way that um that novacom music like uh yes. scores will stick in my mind and yep. i just can't quite forget them and whenever i hear them it's so nostalgic mm-hmm. you know listening to this album again and and hearing those uh those lines and everything like that those transitions were really yeah. cool and fun like that was something that aged even better than i thought it would mm, yeah because um, yeah there's something about the nostalgia there yeah but. oh yeah yeah well, and it's, I mean, as an adult person, And John Campbell makes good scores. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as, and you know the amount of effort that goes into making something sound that good and that clean. Yeah, and I am a sucker for repeated themes. Mm-hmm. Like, Motifs? I, I, oh, I, I, think, I think 
I wish movies leaned on that more than mm-hmm. they do in a lot of circumstances. Yeah. Where, like, anytime I'm watching, like, something from the 80s, I'm like, man, they had this figured out. Like, Back to the Future, any of the Star Wars, and Indiana mm-hmm. Jones. Like, they hammer that theme over and over to where, like, it comes on and it feels triumphant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think that they do a good job of that. And it, mm, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, what about you? What did you think regarding this arc, listening to it, what, 10 years after it aired? Yeah. And probably you know, seven years after you listened to it. Yeah. I, recently. I did not. I think I, Oh, I don't think I ever re-listened to this. I think I only listened to it when it aired. Oh, okay. Um, cause I was right around the time I was getting out. Yeah. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I still think I had, I still think my nostalgia for it was stronger than what it wound up being. Mm-hmm. which was not true of, like, Novacom or even mm-hmm. Blackard. Mm-hmm. Blackard I didn't have as much nostalgia for. Novacom I have the most nostalgia for, mm-hmm. and I think it still, like, triumphs over that nostalgia. Yeah. For me, yeah. personally. This one wasn't quite as compelling, and we'll, I'm excited to see, like, going forward how, how I enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. But it is... Yeah, it's... It, it is... It's good. Like, mm-hmm. it, it really is good. I don't want to be negative here. But it's not your favorite. And right. There are, but of course, things yeah, you don't like I about just, it. I, I think, I think the, the core of it for me that I, that is, I don't know. I think one of the reasons I don't like it as much is all of the, so it's this, All the stories are constantly interwoven throughout. Mm -hmm. None of the episodes stand on their own, Mm -hmm. which is a thing that even in, it's the reason this is a Mm 12-parter, not just, because like Battle Lines, you can argue is a 12-parter, except that all those episodes, for the most part, work independently. Mm -hmm. And like, there are, even though they're like all building to this bigger thing, it's like focused on a specific set of characters doing a specific event that mm-hmm. builds. Mm-hmm. Whereas this is all just like fragments of a story stretched out. Yeah. And I think the downside of that is there's just some weird pacing stuff. Some stuff's overemphasized over others. Also, they were planning to conclude everything in this and then essentially ran out of time and were like, great. We'll just set up Groat and Skint for down the line. Yeah. And I'm like, you did 12 episodes. And you couldn't some tie of which it up. Come, some of which feel somewhat inconsequential. And you... It's not... Like, there are ways to hint at a thing that you will pay off down the line. Mm-hmm. Or not pay off in the case of, like, the chairman or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like... You can do it where you're, like, leaving the door open for stuff to come later. Mm-hmm. But this, they are constantly referencing Groat. Mm-hmm. They talk about him coming to Odyssey. Yeah. And we do not see an inkling of him. Because yeah. they're going to do that down the line. And it feels very much like a, oh, we just didn't know how to write a 12-parter. Mm-hmm. And so we just had to, like, shove this to a future album yeah and well and maybe once they got going they thought that you know what there's a lot here and yeah. we can because but it, yeah with it the just, reboot of the show post album 50 and like everything that paul what palma cusker was trying to do with this i wouldn't be surprised if there was you know 
a part of his impetus idea that th- there was going to be a head bad guy that was going to carry over. For, for sure. I think, I think what it feels like, though, and the impression I get is that they've decided to make it all this one storyline that takes place over four days. Mm-hmm. Three days, four days. Four days. Four days, three episodes per yeah. day. So the, the the thing that I think this just makes clear is even though they were taking all of these storylines and weaving them together in this like one coherent arc and they like maybe had stuff outlined where they're like, I think this is where the storyline goes and whatnot. I think it still was produced as though these were individual episodes, mm-hmm. which I don't think is what this sort of an album needed. If you were going to be like short timeline, all these storylines weave together, you should have like plotted it out and written all the scripts out at once. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's not typically how Odyssey is written, but this arc, I think, really, it, it, it I don't know. And I could be totally off base. I'm not a writer. I don't have the inside track here. But it feels very much like they wrote each episode and didn't ever go back and edit and revise previous yeah. ones. Like, it feels like... They, and maybe they had three episodes going at a time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how their production schedule goes up. But it wasn't like they wrote all the episodes and then edited all the episodes. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, they, to create a cohesive it, it feels story. like by the time the final episode was written, mm-hmm. they had already like recorded the first one. Yeah, like exactly. it feels very much like this just went through their production like it normally would, which means that they're doing episodes like they're doing you know a chunk here, a chunk mm-hmm. there, working their way through them, mm-hmm. but they don't. But it doesn't feel like they broke a full blown story. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they made this long story and then split it into episodes. Mm-hmm. Or they wrote these individual episodes and then they went back and, like, worked made it work to, as a story. Yeah. And worked to tie them together. It mm-hmm. feels like they wrote episodes kind of in order mm-hmm. and definitely planted seeds for stuff. But they planted seeds for stuff that didn't pay off or it didn't pay off clearly, mm-hmm. or it just, it doesn't feel as cohesive as what I'd want from a 12-episode arc. Exactly, which, and you would think that this would be the most cohesive, this would be the most, um, you know, trackable uh, Odyssey album to date because of that, but it's really not, and, and you know. I wanted I, to be blown away with how interwoven all of it was, yeah. knowing that it was produced as one album, an entire mm-hmm. arc. And instead, I went going, okay, they did a serviceable job. It was perfectly adequate. But I wanted it, given the production, to just be better than that. Yeah, exactly. And Well, and it kind of felt, I mean, for lack of a better word, you know, word, but like we we often talk about on this show the the some of the discrepancies between part one, part two, and part three of a three part episode, or you know between one part and another in whatever uh, multi part right. episodes we're covering. And because this is a twelve part episode, it just feels like all of those 
classic pitfalls that we end up seeing in three-part episodes where they take a twist that doesn't make a ton of sense and doesn't really pay off. Like, that sort of mistake keeps happening in, or I don't know, yeah. mistake, but those decisions yeah. keep happening um, all throughout the saga. And I think it, it serves to, yeah, yeah, to disservice it. Right, and we give a lot of Blackguard stuff a pass because we're like, that was an arc that was written over, like, 10, 15 years mm-hmm. of, well, no, not even. But th- that was an episode that was written over years. Mm-hmm. It's across hundreds of episodes. Mm-hmm. I think, like, it makes sense that there are occasional inconsistencies and things that kind of get dropped and aren't really clear. Mm-hmm. This was all broken at once. Yeah, This it was recorded like and released book. as one album. Right. It should have read like a book and instead it didn't, you know? Right. Uh, and that's okay. I, and, yeah. But as far as, you know, if we're being honest with how we feel about it as a whole and especially going forward and what we're covering for it, uh, you know, in the grander scheme of Odyssey, yeah. You know, as, official power rankings are definitely still Novacom 1, uh, Blackguard 2, and then Green Ring, like, 3, I guess. Yeah, if we're going like if we're talking about the big Maybe, three, yeah, the big three. That's that's yeah. my ranking. Yeah, and we'll see. I doubt it, but like we are only half-ish way through this, depending mm-hmm. on how many of these we decide to cover. But there's a lot I love. I love everything with Jay. Mm-hmm. I love Penny as a character. Mm-hmm. I on the list of things that I don't think get paid off really well is some of like the Penny and Trask relationship stuff. Mm-hmm. But I know that we get that next album. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and I know that we will pay off the growth thing eventually. And like, I, so I'm like, this is, it's weird because this is both the finale of this big arc and the start of a bigger arc. Mm-hmm. So there will, it was a finale of a reboot of right. a thing. So when we <laughs> get a disconjointed, right. So when line. we get to the long end, you know, in a few months, like we can talk about the whole thing and mm-hmm. see how it compares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But That's at fair. this point, it has yet to impress me. Mm-hmm. I've liked a lot of it, mm-hmm. but I haven't been... Yeah, it hasn't wowed me in the way that I was really, you know, hoping for. I and, mean, my, my my hot take is... uh, is, is Grand Opening... Is that the... T- That's the title of that album? That album with Grand Opening on it? Is it... No, Counter Moves. Counter Moves. Yes, Counter Moves is the album. Okay. Yeah, I think that Counter Moves is a more cohesive storyline across 12 episodes than this is, and it's not entirely... Yeah, that's not even an entirely Novacom album. No, no, there's there's a couple, you know, one-offs there. I think maybe one. Um, But, yeah. That being said, um, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Um, oh, just, just like a, a random note that the, uh, that this is, as far as I know, the only Odyssey episode where we get full-blown credits at the end of it. Yeah. Of Chris very long. <laughs> going through and saying so-and-so Played. as so-and-so mm-hmm. for the whole thing. Because we always get the list of names and then, and Will Ryan as Eugene mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. the equivalent is in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, like recently it's been Atticus Schaefer as Maury. But like it uh, yeah. it's still like yeah. So so it was fun that they yeah, that we actually got everything here. Mm-hmm. Um all hearing them all rattled off. Andre mm-hmm. Stoika, Townsend Coleman, you know, yep. Will Ryan, Kathy Buchanan. Yeah. 
Diane Shu, um, who yeah. did, was Lauren Tanner, but uh, it, not in this episode, but on the album, mm-hmm. just kind of dropped. But she gets credited there at the end. Love it. Um, yeah. Wish, wish, wish she was here. Wish yeah. you were here. That's the album we're going to cover next. <laughs> Actually, I would love to cover that album. That has the Eugene and Bernard Road Trip on it. Oh, that's that one. Yeah. 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 Great. Yeah. Great episode great episodes maybe someday shock squad maybe someday all right um then uh with all that being said next week we will be back with episode 692 a penny saved bye guys bye want fam shock pod is a presentation of the Lidditz podcast co-op follow the podcast at wadfam shock pod on twitter and instagram or email us at wadfamchockpod at gmail.com. The Green Ring Conspiracy Part 12 is hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wadfam Chockpod.